Welcome to We Fish ASA, the best darn fishing show on the internet or the radio in the entire USA. I'm Steve Starley. My partner's Dave Kranz. We Fish ASA is always pleased to offer you conversation with the most interesting, the most informative, the most entertaining as well as some of the biggest names in the world of fishing. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association, in particular St. Croix, the best rods on earth, Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, and Daiwa. We've got your bass covered. Boy, we sure do. Daiwa Reels. We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. It's available 24-7 wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, you can always check out our website, wefishasa.com. We Fish ASA is produced by our good buddy, Mr. Brad Nearman. Berserk Productions down in Lando Lakes, Florida. Hey, Brad, how are you doing? On today's show, we feature stepping in for Dan Johnston, representing our good friends at St. Croix, is the one and only Derek Hudnall. And we're going to have a new face on this show. She is Susan Duke. She's the author of a uh, personal line of books for children and fishing. These are just great and hope she does really well. Susan Duke, author of Tackle Box Troubles, Fish Tales Number 1, featuring Sammy Spinner, Susan Duke, and then I get to visit with the man himself. Yeah. This guy won the Bassmaster Classic. Not only is he a great fisherman, find me somebody that says something bad about Jeff Gustafson and I will fight them for you. This guy is the best. Great guy, great fisherman. I'm excited to be able to talk to him later in the show. But first, let's hand off to my buddy, Mr. Dave Kranz, is going to bring on Derek Hudnall from St. Croix. Take it away, Dave. As Steve said, I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast, and this segment is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. And this week, Derek Hundle, pro staff for St. Croix and professional fisherman on the elites, is going to punt for Dan. Welcome to the program, Derek. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad oh, Awesome. I uh, I know we just both, uh, we were at the Classic. I worked the St. Croix booth. We talked in there. We did a, uh, a video in there for St. Croix. Uh, what, what's coming up for you? What's your next tournaments? What's, what's the season looking like? Oh, goodness. I mean, I, we are right in the thick of things right now in the season. Uh, you know, our season started, oh, about the first week in February. You know, we had two. We had one Lake Okeechobee, Seminole, and it seems like every week even since then, um, it's been on the road. I mean, it's been burning down mile markers from spent a week in Pennsylvania with uh, Susquehanna tackle for St. Croix, uh, came back home, went back and had to work the classic, uh, with you guys. Uh, what an incredible event. I mean, absolute broke a record. I mean, Knoxville is just should be the poster child for a, uh, a Bassmaster classic event in a, Back at home for a few days and then back on the road again next week to uh, to actually work and go and hand out trophies for the uh, for the St. Croix Bassmaster Opens on Toledo Bend in, uh, in North Louisiana, mainly Louisiana, which I'm very familiar with. And then so I have to leave straight from there. That's, you know, straight from there to South Carolina. We have two back-to-back Bassmaster Elite Series events at Lake Murray and Santee Cooper. Uh, which should be fun, man. So we are right in the thick of it. There's no time to breathe, just a little time to get yourself together and uh, move forward. There you go. Now, we, uh, Dan and I, we're going to recap the classic a little bit, but you and I can do that. I, I was um, amazed at how many families was there, were there, how many kids, how many people pushing strollers. What, what a phenomenal event. The numbers were crazy, weren't they? And they were, they were, they were incredible. And, uh, and a little different emotions for me because the last time I was in Knoxville, I fished the Bassmaster Classic here in 2019. That was the last time the Classic was there. So a lot of emotions going on. We broke a record in 2019, and I had no doubt in my mind they would break the record again this year in 2023. Um, just, I mean, if you look at the 200-square-mile radius of Knoxville, I mean, it is full of fish heads like you and I. I mean, we are all, we all love bass fishing. We love the sport. We love the industry. And there are so many people in the country around that Knoxville area that feel the same way or, or as passionate as you and I are about fishing. Um, it just makes for like the Mecca epicenter for the Bassmaster Classic. 
Yeah, it is. It was a phenomenal location. And I was there last time when you were actually fishing it in 2019. And I got to do some... Uh, in the tunnel for the media this year, I since I was doing a uh, my YouTube channel, I got to film a lot of that in the tunnel, which I think that that footage is something different that um, the the general public does not get to see. And what what a great experience! But uh, it was it was um, surprising to me that it was that tough. I understand that the weather was cold to begin with, but um, I thought the fishing was going to be a little better than than what it was. Well, uh, well, you know. The first thing that everybody has to think of when you think of any Tennessee River chain is any Tennessee River chain is extremely tough before they bring the water up to Summer Pool. So all of those TVA lakes, you know, Chickamauga, uh, Pickwick, the Tennessee River in Knoxville, Douglas. I mean, until, you know, that there is a time, and I think we're about a month away from that, from when they bring all the water and all of these areas up to summer pool that's when the fish really start moving up and they don't they don't there's no calendar behind it there's no weather pattern behind it there's no moon phase behind it whenever they raise that water up to full pool and it stays up there for a couple of days those fish are coming hmm. so any tva lake this time of the year before they draw that water up to summer pool is going to be extremely tough and you know you can talk to anybody in the Bassmaster classic or Anybody who's fished that body of water before, and they'll tell you it's a tough fishery, but this is the time of the year that they put us on these fisheries like this. And I, you know, if you ask anybody going into it, would they, they would rather a tough, grinded out fishery, just like the Tennessee River, rather than just everybody catching 25 pounds. I mean, that's just as anglers, as individuals, we're, we're so extremely competitive by nature. Um, but that was as to be expected. Any TVA lake, any Tennessee lake, before they draw that water up to, to full pool, I mean, it's going to be tough. And, man, it sure showed itself uh, this past week. It did. It did. Is there anywhere on the Elite Series that you're uh, uh, really excited about and looking forward to, or is every one of them just a, a gift? <laughs> well, it's always the next one for me, right? I mean, it's always the next one that's on the radar. Um you know, with just an incredible schedule this year, you know, Okeechobee and Seminole, I had never been on before in my life, um, but I really enjoy fishing new bodies of water. Um, good start to the season, had a good couple, uh, a couple of good tournaments to start the season, but there's so much more to come. Lay Lake in Alabama, I've never been to. Murray, Lake Murray, I've never been to. Santee Cooper, I have really good history there. Um and then we go on our north, and we go to Sabine River, which is only two hours from my house. That's going to be another grind fest that time of the year. Um, and then we go on our northern swing, and that's where the magic happens. I, mean, <laughs> if I, I, get, I get asked thousands of times a year, you know, what is my favorite body of water to fish anywhere in the country? And I'll always say St. Lawrence River. <laughs> Upstate New York, I mean, that place is just absolutely incredible. It has treated me well in the past. Um I would love nothing more than to bring home a blue a blue trophy from a place like that. Yeah, um, you know, I just I just have an absolute crush with smallmouth, and I uh, have so much fun when I go up north. That's probably why I do well up north. But uh, you know, it, it's really hard not to be excited from an angler standpoint, standpoint, and from a fan's perspective as well to see us going to some of the best fisheries in the country uh, coming up very soon. So I think we're. Uh, TV is going to be really good. I think that was the most watched Bass Master Classic in history as well. Um, you know, the sport is awesome. Bass Master is awesome, and the schedule um, is not going to uh, not going to disappoint. So we have a lot of big bodies of water we're going to. So we're looking forward to it. Excellent. Now on the uh, St. Lawrence, are you guys going out uh, far west like Clayton, or you're east in Messina? We're going or? Clayton. You're going yeah, out so of Clayton. We're, you know, okay. We're going out of Clayton, so the lake is open. Yeah. Um, Ontario. You know. We saw records fall last year, um, but, you know, we had the perfect storm last year. We had literally four days of almost completely slick, calm, flat conditions, and a lot of these guys got on got out on Lake Ontario, yeah. and they were able to maneuver and fish that place really well, and that's, there, there's probably one time a year that that happens. Yeah. That place. I mean, we hit the absolute perfect storm. I was not. I was in the river. I'm a river guy. Um, I was not out there in that lake with those guys. But if you have conditions like that, that those guys can get out there in that, then, uh, you know, that's where the, the freaks live. That's where the giants live out there in Lake Ontario. But that whole fishery has them. 
one of my favorite places in the world to fish. Uh, so that one is definitely on my bucket radar. It is every year just because I look forward to that event and just going to have fun. And there's so many of us, you know, not just myself, but it's going to be hard for anybody on the Elite Series or anybody that's ever been there to argue with that as one of the best smallmouth fisheries on planet Earth. Without a doubt. So uh, a lot of people drop shot when they're there. Are you primarily doing that or you do some other techniques? Man, I'll tell you what, you know, last year I had 25 and a half pounds on day one of smallmouth, and I was seventh, seventh place. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And I was throwing, I'm telling you, a 7-3 MHF, St. Croix victory, 18-pound fluorocarbon, and a half-ounce jackhammer, if you can believe that. <laughs> That's what I caught all 25 and a half pounds of those big smallmouth on, on day one. Now, I had to switch up and caught some on a Ned Rig and a 5-8 throughout the week, but that was my go-to for that whole week. So, yeah, no really finesse there. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> there wasn't no finesse there. But it's really important to even when you're going to a smallmouth fishery like that. You know, you fish your strengths. I love catching shallow smallmouth. You know, there's there's nowhere in the country where smallmouth and those big nomads don't get shallow. St. Lawrence River is probably the best smallmouth fishery, especially shallow, because those fish there's always big smallmouth shallow in that place. And that's what I like to target. Yeah, um, yeah. Here, and I'm going to say, you know, St. Clair is probably a close second, which we're going there as well. Um, so, you know, I just go there and have fun and just fish my strengths. And if I need to go out to get out there deep with a med rig or a drop shot and catch them on live scope, I will. Or a spy bait or up shallow with, you know, power fishing. Yeah. You, know, just, you, know, you just have to show up and let the fish talk to you. Absolutely. What Was there one more uh, lake on the northern swing? Yeah, well, we have St. Lawrence, uh, Champlain, and then uh, St. Clair in Michigan, which could be, I mean, again, that was, you know, I, I think I broke the record, the biggest five fish stringer I've weighed in in Bassmaster on St. Lawrence River this past year. But up until then, 2019, I fished St. Clair for the first time in the Angler of the Year Championship Tournament, which we used to have. We don't have that actual event anymore. But uh, the first day, I think I was in second place behind Seth Fighter, and I had just under 25 pounds of smallmouth on day one. Um, catching them on a little swim bait, but a bait caster as well on a on a 7-1 MF uh, Mojo Bass by St. Croix. You know, in a little bitty small swim bait with a little underspin underneath it. Um, I love catching them shallow up there, and there's so many different ways you can do it. Well, but you have to move and adapt with them, and that's, a, that's again, a, a really big traditional incredible fishery up there so there's nobody on the elite series that's dreading going up there i can promise you that absolutely not and we are looking forward to see how the results come in and uh, what you do up there and appreciate your time today derek and uh, i'm sure we'll have you on again yeah man absolutely thanks for having me oh, no problem that was derek hundall i am dave kranz and this segment was brought to you by st croix the best rods on earth the we fish asa podcast will be right back Probably one of the number one questions I get, you know, what line do I use? That's a big debate. For every tour out there, everybody's debating which line. I choose the simple side. My choice of line is Sunline. One of my favorite lines to use is Sunline. How all can you use it? Anywhere you want to. Anywhere there's water and bass, it's good. Walleye, catfish, trout, speckled trout, sharks. There we go. Uh, I don't say this unless I think it's true, but honestly, it's the best in the market. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Rule your water. Rule it with a St. Croix rod. Whether you take to the lake, wade the rivers, or cast from shore, St. Croix provides responsive performance, ensuring your success below every surface. With a St. Croix rod in hand, you're a part of a celebrated tradition that has spanned 70 years. Touch, power, and control are right at your fingertips and extend to you the finest fishing experience on the planet. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. 
Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Kranz, and this segment was brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. I always like to say that every guest I get to interview on this segment has a passion for the outdoors. My next guest certainly does. She is an author. Her name is Susan Duke, and we're going to talk about Tackle Box Trouble, Fishtail Number 1, Sammy Spinner. Welcome to the program, Susan. Good afternoon, Dave. Thanks so much for having me. I am glad to uh, have you here. And uh, you're writing books for kids about uh, fishing. And uh, what inspired you to do that? How did you get started? That's a great question that I often get asked. And people are surprised to know that the idea actually came while I was out on the water fishing, trying to learn to fish. And... I kept getting my hooks stuck into everything but what I really wanted to catch, a fish. So um, one day I put my rod down and I said, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. And if these lures could talk, they would probably say, you don't really know what you're doing. And so from that moment, I actually said, it's, it's like tackle box troubles. I'm the trouble. That's the tackle box. Put it all together and these lures are stuck in trouble because of me. And then I developed the idea and thought, wow, that could be a kid's book, right? Getting the ideas of what it would take to catch fish from the lures perspective. And if they could just talk to us and tell us exactly where we need to be casting them out into the water, how to avoid getting them into trouble, I thought that would be really a cute idea for kids to be exposed to the sport of fishing from the lures perspective. And so I ran with the idea and I wrote the first book in the series, Fishtail One, Sammy Spinner, um, which is actually based on, uh, all of the stories are based on personal events in my life. This first one, Sammy Spinner, is a little bit unique. Um, He gets dropped into the tackle box, thinks he knows what it takes to catch the fish, and the other lures, Bucky Bucktail, Francis Frog, and Suki Suik, let him know he's not ready for that adventure. And that idea came about... I was out shopping for fishing lures, and um, I picked up a spinner bait. My husband turned to me and said, you're not going to catch a big muskie on that bait. And I said, but it's such a cute little spinner bait. Like, I'm going to buy it. And uh, wouldn't you know, that afternoon, I'm out fishing, and uh, we pulled up to a nice shoreline, and my second cast, I caught a huge muskie on that spinner. So I turned to him, and I said, you never know what you can what you can accomplish if you just follow through with what you're thinking you want to try. And so the book idea really came from me, you know, using my own personal experiences and then transferring them to the lure's perspective. You know, I have a feeling being in a tackle uh, environment in my store in northern Illinois that uh, kids ask, to go fishing and many of the parents don't know how to go fishing and if they find your book and pick your book up you're probably teaching not only the kids that want to go fishing but the parents that are going to take them yeah i i'd like to think so i want to expose families and children to you know different types of fishing lures and just introduce them to the sport of fishing so in the back of every book we actually have what i call the character list but really it is a picture of the the lures and a short description of what they like to catch Um, and i think that can be a helpful tool to just start introducing to children to the lures but also the adults that might be confused by them as well so we have you know the the suic in here and a bucktail in here and a spinner and a frog all can be used in different locations throughout the lakes um, depending on what type of fish you're looking to catch and in book number two which is tackle box troubles uh, Bucky Bucktail and Tommy Topwater, um, we introduce three new lures um, to the children so that they can, you know, slowly expand their knowledge and their vocabulary about fishing and what it takes to catch fish with different types of lures. Excellent. And I want to give this at the end also, but let's give it right here. How do people find you and your books? Yeah, so the best way to find me is on my own website, tackleboxtroubles.com. Um, and I also have an email, tackleboxtroubles at gmail.com. But if you go to tackleboxtroubles.com, the website, 
and you can actually order um, autographed copies from that website. We also have blogs written by myself and the characters from the stories post blogs there as well. There's also an opportunity for people to email the characters to the uh, from the book. So they email any character and then those characters when they're done fishing or getting uh, themselves out of trouble they've been snagged into, they will write you back personalized messages with other fun fishing tips or just sharing another story of trouble. So the best way to learn more about me and the Tackle Box Troubles series is definitely to go to my website, TackleBoxTroubles.com. Excellent. And uh, I noticed that you wanted the kids not only to learn how to fish, but to enjoy nature and, and what's around them on these bodies of water, whether it's a lake, a stream, a pond. I, and I that really like that. What um, is that the way yeah. you, you like to enjoy it yourself? Yes, there's nothing more fun to me than while you're fishing, enjoying all of the nature that's actually around you. So the loons that might be taking off from the water, the bald eagle flying over your head with, you know, the flopping fish in its talons, um, just all of the sounds around you, just, you know, the, the bass popping along the lakeshore, the, the insects as they're sucking them in, and um, the frogs and I just really enjoy all of that, and I think that if kids, you know, put down their devices, put down their phones, and really enjoyed the sport of fishing, but also enjoying everything else around them in nature, and just taking more appreciation for that is the ultimate goal of this uh, book series as well, to learn not only how to catch fish from the lure's perspective, but also how to take a, a bigger appreciation for everything around us, the sights and the sounds uh, during the fishing season. Excellent. And in many cases, when we fish for certain species, those those species need to be caught and released and taken care of properly. And some of them where there's a, a good population of panfish or something like that, you know, there's always room to put something on the table. But, but you uh, seem to go into that a little bit also. Correct. I do. In book one, um, without giving too much away, Sammy Spinner does um, catch a rather large fish. And we, in the story, teach this, uh, the children that we measure that fish. We sure we might take a picture with that fish, but then we, all, we always want to release it back into the water. So in, in book number one and book number two, with the fish that are caught, those fish are Encourage, we encourage the readers and they see that the lures and the, the man in the boat definitely release that fish back into the water so that they can enjoy life and uh, in the water and hopefully be caught again when they're a little bit bigger um, and they can produce other fish while they're in the water as well for future fishermen of many generations to come. Excellent. So book number one is out right now. When do you expect book number two to be released? Yeah, so book number one, the, like I said earlier, go to my website. That's where you can get an autographed copy with free shipping, tackleboxtroubles.com. It's also available at Barnes & Noble and Target and Walmart, um, and of course at my publisher, exlibris.com. Um, and book number two comes out June 1st, and book number two is all about Bucky Bucktail, um, getting stuck into some actual trouble that I experienced. Bucky, unfortunately, gets stuck in my dog. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, and he's also lost, um, was put on a beautiful handcrafted St. Croix rod and was attached to that rod and fished with and then left uh, in the boat not secured and rolled right off the side to the bottom of the lake. So Bucky Bucktail has a couple of adventures in book number two coming out June 1st. And Tommy Topwater is also part of that series. It's really three stories in one. And Tommy Topwater gets stuck in a rather unique situation. And I'm going to leave that one for the readers to find out on their own. But I think they'll be surprised. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's other fishermen out there that say, oh, boy, that, yep, I've, I've lost a lure that way too. So Tackle Box Troubles is really turning into a nice series of books all about trouble um, with the different lures in the Tackle Box. It's also going to be highlighted and have a spotlight in the Reader's Digest coming out in May 2023. So um, hopefully all of the readers that enjoy Reader's Digest will get to get a little information from that article as well. Yeah, that, and that's interesting that they're coming from personal experiences, not thought-up experiences, and I like that. I think that makes it uh, 
more real and, and probably as it goes, um, you really don't know what's going to happen. So you, it's probably interesting for you too. Right, it is. And what's really fun for me now is it's been um, promoted and I've been at a couple of musky expos and other um, flea markets up in the Northwoods. And I always enjoy listening to children or the adults share their stories of their lures getting into trouble. Um, and it's unique to me that I've I have seven or eight ideas in my head and sometimes people are talking to me and I'm like, yep, that's book four or that's book five. <laughs> so that I know that people have had the same experiences of trouble with their lures and that will help them relate to the story. And hopefully our younger generations will say, well, I know, I know about that type of trouble and I know how I can get out of that type of trouble. Um, and what's really fun for me is some of these uh, lure makers, the people that make all different types of lures, are now coming up to me and saying, how do we get your lure in the tackle box? And I want people to learn that my lures might get snagged into trouble too, but they can still catch great big fish and uh, children should be out using them as well. So that's been really fun for me, getting to know all of these different people from all these different venues and hearing their stories of trouble with their lures but also being inspired that they want their lures in the story as well. So it's it's really exciting for me too. It's excellent, tackleboxtroubles.com. And uh, I think it's great. And uh, as they come out, we'll uh, look forward to having you back on at another time to tell us about some future books and uh, appreciate your time today, Susan. Well, thank you so much again for having me, and I would definitely encourage everybody listening to at least check out the website, tackleboxtroubles.com. You can learn a lot about the book series from there and learn all about what it takes to uh, keep your lures out of trouble. I know Sammy Spinner, Francis Frog, Bucky Bucktail, and Suki Suik would love to have a, a larger following, um, so please check out that website, read our blogs, and order your autographed copy with free shipping from that website as well tackleboxtroubles.com. I appreciate you having me on today, Dave. Oh, no problem. Thank you. That was Susan Duke, author, tackleboxtroubles.com. Look for her books. Uh, I am Dave Kranz. This segment was brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Calcutta Outdoors, from bluegill to bluefin, Calcutta Outdoors has the innovative outdoor recreational brands that consumers are looking for. We offer a wide range of trusted products, from fishing rods, combos, and tackle to coolers, drinkware, outdoor apparel, and marine accessories. Calcutta Outdoors. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV, the Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Petula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I'm Steve Surley. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. Please help to ensure the future of fishing by visiting keepamericafishing.org. And you know, if you're an industry professional, Please consider joining the American Sport Fishing Association by visiting asafishing.org. I'm so excited uh, about having our next guest on. Uh, they, they don't come any bigger than this right now. Let's get right to it. He is the winner of the recent Bassmaster Classic. He's got a huge trophy. 
He got a check for $300,000 sticking out of his pocket. He is the one and only Mr. Jeff Gustafson. Hey, Jeff, how are you doing? Hey, Steve, I'm good, man. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, it's been a it's been a crazy week, and it still doesn't doesn't feel real. But uh, but yeah, it was an amazing weekend in Knoxville for me. And it uh, you know the first couple days everything went really smooth and easy, and the last day uh, really really tested me. Um, you know, tested me in many ways. But we had just we caught just we only got two fish on the third day, but it was just enough to kind of get it done. You know, I, I look at that stuff. Are, are you superstitious at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah, hockey player. So, <laughs> I mean, a little bit, you know. <laughs> did, did did you ever at, at any point during that tournament somebody say, I've, I've got this thing. If I don't do anything stupid, I've got this thing. Did you did you feel cocky at all? Um, Not, to be honest, not really. Just because I know the, like, quality of, anglers and people that i'm fishing against like i got so much respect for those guys and um usually if you don't you know fail to get the job done they make you pay and uh you know like the first two days went so good and it was kind of hard on saturday night because you know i'm getting people are like oh you're gonna win it's over saying stuff like that and i i knew the last day was gonna be harder like the first day was really easy the second day I got a nice limit again, but it was harder, and I, I knew it was going to be hard, and, um, and it was. And uh, But, yeah, coming back, I mean, it was a – and I've told this story a few times, but, I mean, I had an hour boat ride pretty much from where I was fishing to check in, and that ride back was horrible. I mean, I did not think I had a chance, and, and uh, it's a crazy sport. You just never know. And, uh, yeah, we had, it, we had just enough to, to seal it up. You said uh, uh, you said I've answered this question a, a number of times. Uh, w- would you be disappointed if I skipped the question of, "Hey Jeff, how's it feel to win the Bassmaster Classic?" Can we can we do something <laughs> else, or do you feel I have to ask you that? Hey, you you I I mean I'm good with anything, and, and I, <laughs> you know it's it's I appreciate everybody wanting to chat and, and talk to me, and uh, but it it's been overwhelming a little bit, but. Uh, but no, as far as like, yeah, like for anyone that fishes tournaments, uh, that the classic is like the dream, like winning the classic. You, I couldn't have a, you know, a bigger dream as far as like what I do and what my, you know, passion's been since I was a little kid. And that, it was, uh, it was just an amazing moment. Um, I, it went by so fast and like, it, it's so loud and bright up on that stage. You know, you just, I wish I would have taken more time to like absorb it all and, and look around, but, uh, but it was awesome. And, I, don't, I don't know how you, um, I don't know how you could. It's, it's, uh, no. it's, it's, it's gotta be overwhelming. Uh, Jeff is, uh, uh, the leader of the invasion of Canadian anglers. Uh, you just said fishing against, you said against. Uh, that that is Canadian. I'm going to need you to say out and about for me. <laughs> eh? <laughs> I love it. Okay, all the Canadian the Canadian stuff is done. I'm 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 done. I'm done with that. But you know what? It's it's pretty amazing. Uh, we had nobody coming down from Canada to fish bass. Uh, the the average public guy thinks uh, bass don't swim in Canada. That it's muskies, pike, and uh, and walleye. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, that's that's not the case at all. And and you know, some of those some of those tournaments they have up there north of the border are absolutely phenomenal with the amount of interest that's drawn, uh, the big names that fish in it, and the money that's available. Yeah, no, we do. We have some good tournaments and a lot of them are like community run events. So they, you know, they're almost, they almost turn into being like a festival for, our, you know, some of these small towns that have them. And that's where I got my start and that, and, and kind of learned how to bass fish. And, you know, our season's short up here, so we don't, we get, uh, you know, the summer months to do it. And uh, the, the fish don't get as big as they do in the south, but we got a lot of people up here that love bass fishing and, and are good at it. And, you know, I was very lucky, caught a few breaks along the way, got some help and, and got on the Bassmaster stage. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's again, like I say, it's still pretty surreal that 
that everything happened the way that it did. Did, did, did you have a beverage or two after you won it? Oh, yeah. Uh, it was a rough one on Monday. You, do you, um, have, you have a beverage sponsor by chance? No, I don't. I, I, I probably, I need one, but I probably sampled too many different brands on, on Sunday <laughs> night. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, 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 haven't, I haven't been uh, north of the border in a while, but I'll tell you what, uh, that uh, Labatt's Maximum Ice is, is uh, God's gift to alcohol. That, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I would have been having those, and that, that would have ruined me, but uh, you, you guys have that... Uh, uh, the the market cornered on excellent beverages, so that is cool. And and speaking of beverages, I and, and you know Canada, it always comes back. They talk about hockey, and you're on the stage, you're winning this thing. And Mercer, Dave Mercer, the MC, uh, is, is talking mm-hmm. about the 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 trophy, and he said, uh, "Oh, is it like you know when you win the Stanley Cup, you drink something out of the cup, you're going to drink something out of this trophy." There, there's nowhere to put anything in that trophy. There's no cup on the Bassmaster no. Classic. Uh, is, is Mercer really a Canadian? Does he know what he's talking about there? <laughs> yeah, he is. And, uh, you know, if, if there had been a way to drink out of that thing, it would have happened the other night. But, <laughs> um, but no, it was probably for the best that, that uh, we couldn't because it's, be- it's a beautiful trophy. It's heavy, and uh, it, there probably would have been some, some – uh, some danger if people were trying to drink out of it. Oh, but, I, uh, but yeah, that was the funnest part, man. Like really special part of the weekend was, you know, Bassmaster hosts this champions toast, uh, Sunday night. And a lot of the other anglers came and took a picture and, and shook my hand. And, you know, that, that's, uh, it means a lot, you know, like I said, I, I have a lot of respect for those guys. Like Kevin Van Dam showed up and I got to visit with him a bit, like for, that was amazing, and and you get guys like Jason Christie, last year's winner, and Greg Hackney, like these guys that are just legends that um, that showed up for it, and that was that was you know really top notch. Brandon Palinuk, and you know I'm naming a few of the the guys that everybody knows, but there was uh, you know a lot of the anglers came, and a lot of my friends and family came, uh, so that was that that was a pretty special uh, couple of hours. You know, you have uh, been a busy guy in addition to fishing and teaching and making appearances. Uh, you've done a lot of writing in your time at, yeah. the, at the early age that you're at. And uh, uh, there's a guy from uh, my neck of the woods uh, who's a Hall of Famer, Spence Petros. I don't, I don't know if you know yeah. Spence or not. Spence always said... Uh, uh, he always says, we fish quite a bit together. And he'd say, ah, you know what? Uh, fishermen can't write and writers can't fish. And Steve, you're proof. <laughs> you, he says, you're proof of that. And, uh, okay, whatever. But you know what? You are the opposite of that totally. Uh, how did you get into uh, writing and communicating? And do you still do it at all? Yeah, so uh, a funny story. So before I get to that, like, so Spence, my grandpa was a big influence on me when I was a little kid and took me fishing. And, but he used to get fishing facts magazine from like, I mean, from like the late seventies and all through the eighties, he had a subscription. And like, I, I still have a lot of the copies of it, but like, I would, you know, like most kids would go and do homework or whatever. Like that's, that was my homework. Like I would just pour over those magazines and read every word. And, uh, and he, you know, he had, he had stories in, in every issue of that. So, I don't, I've never met him before, but, um, but he certainly is somebody that I, that I would look up to and, and all that. But uh, as far as my writing goes, like I went to university after I got done high school, but I was kind of on the keep mom happy program. Didn't really know what I wanted to do other than like figure out how to make a living fishing in the fishing community. So when I got done, um, you know, I did all right in school and I could, I felt like I could half-ass write a little bit you know at least and uh, i started doing doing stuff for local magazines and then you know the internet stuff started to take off so that provided a little more opportunity in 2007 i started doing a weekly newspaper column for a couple papers up here and i still do that today it's like a it's kind of like a homework assignment every week to be honest but uh but it's you know (laughs) yeah i stay busy with it and then the best part is uh, I write for a magazine up in Canada called Ontario Out of Doors, and it's one of the bigger ones. Um, and they'll, you know, they'll assign 
some of the feature stories like two years out. So I got I got one that was due today, and it was assigned probably two years ago. And of course, I wait. I got a little bit of it done before I left for this trip, but I was like, oh, after the classic, I'll just finish it that week. And of course, this week's just been crazy with calls and interviews and everything. So. Pretty much was up at four o'clock this morning and got that story done and I got it submitted here just before we got on the phone. So I um, I I, you know. I, I, I uh, compliment you on doing that and and, and juggling that because obviously you're certainly busy enough fishing to not have to worry <laughs> yeah. about writing. It's it's proof that you like it. And uh, and uh, my editor from Outdoor News had told me a while ago. I asked him about somebody and he said, "Well, you know, it's a case of one of those people." everybody wants to be an outdoor writer, but they don't understand it's a job and there's commitments and you've got a yeah. schedule and you've got to follow. I mean, it's fun to say, oh, I'm an outdoor writer, but it's work. And you just underlined that for me, said I had something to do the week after I won the Bassmaster Classic for Pete's sake. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's that's for everybody out there. Get your assignments done before they're the last minute when they're due but i think we all um you know do that and put stuff off for you know here and there but uh but yeah i wish i hadn't i hadn't done that now because i had a lot of time that oh, i could have got this done but that, that is... but it worked out and you know it's just uh my biggest thing is like i hate letting people down so i just you know i i had a job to get done and i got it done Excellent. Hey, I'm going to take a quick break. I'd like to let our sponsors have a word. We come back, we'll talk to Just Gustafson, the 2023 Bassmaster Classic winner. Talk about his sponsors and some other things, including the incredible technique that has helped you out so much. This is Steve yeah. Sarley. This is We Fish ASA. More Jeff Gustafson when we come back right after this. You know, when I look at the tournaments I've won, probably four or five of the boats that I've won have been on a tube. But I had completely gotten away from flipping a tube because nobody, nobody made one soft enough. Big Bite has come with this new tour series of baits. The thing that's probably the most unique is when you look at that bait, the salt just rolls out of it. And to me, that is the reason a fish bites a tube and hangs on to it. This isn't one of those, let's go out and catch some smallmouth tube. This is a let's get it done tube. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Petula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. The St. Croix story has evolved over 70 years. With gritty determination, St. Croix built the most advanced fishing rod facility in the world. And with it, a world-class brand that has earned the respect and admiration of anglers around the planet. We will continue to challenge ourselves, our employees, and our partners to be the best every day. We're proud to celebrate 70 years of passion and commitment to making the best rods on earth. St. Croix. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I'm Steve Sarley. I'm on with Mr. Jeff Gustafson, winner of the 2023 Bassmaster Classic. Uh, saw your wife up on the stage. She looked incredibly excited. How's she taking this? Yeah, no, she was very happy for me. And, uh, it was, you know, that was awesome that, that we got to sort of experience that together, uh, for sure. But and it, it, yeah, it, no. it's nothing, it's nothing new for her, but the people don't realize this. Uh, they have a huge dinner the day before the classic starts night of champions. Yeah. And uh, I, I wasn't there this year. I've been there in the past to see you guys. And it's just absolutely amazing to see all of these professional fishermen that we know wearing suits that it's hard to believe that you guys even own because uh, we've never seen anything beside a tournament shirt. But but the, the wives just are absolutely – it looks like the runway at the Academy Awards. Uh, dresses, yep. hair, makeup – my God, what a, a phenomenal collection of 
beautiful women. I, 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 I'm amazed that, uh, uh, that, that the fishing community has such great representation amongst the wives. It's got to be a ball for them to attend that stuff. Yeah, no, that night of champions is always a fun, fun part of the week. And, uh, I'm lucky. My, my wife, Shelby's beautiful. And, um, she, she was really looked good that night. So I'm, I'm not so lucky. Like I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm, I've sort of got the short stick on the hair department. So, <laughs> you know, for when I'm on the water and fishing, I get to wear a hat all the time. So it's, you know, it's not a big deal, but for events like that, I don't get to wear a hat and, I get, I got to hear people all night be like, Oh, I didn't even recognize you without a hat on or, you know, like the funny, funny guy jokes about having no hair, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, it's always a fun night for sure. All right. Excellent. Uh, I said, there's a $300,000 check that came with the trophy. Uh, who, yeah. who is in possession of that check right now? I took it to the bank yesterday. Okay. So that was, that was kind of fun. All um, right. You know, I so, don't know that I'll ever get to, uh, you know, bring a bigger check to the bank, but um, what, what's, but yeah, that was kind of fun. What what what's what are we gonna uh, splurge on? Uh, we we got are we gonna see a Lambo running around up in Kenora? <laughs> no, I'm hey, I'm too scared of how much tax I'm gonna have to pay, so I'm probably not even gonna spend anything until I take care of that. Not not a on. bad but, idea. Uh, not you a... know, but yeah, no, it takes the pressure off for sure for the rest of the year, and I'm in. I you know, I've got. A spot in next year's classic already so it, it uh i sort of get to fish free now the rest of the year on the elite series and that's going to make it a lot more enjoyable and because i mean like like i said earlier these guys are so good like every day is stressful and um it's so yeah it'll be fun to not have uh not have the worry and you know maybe be able to fish a little freer and just take some more risks and and hopefully it'll pay off in in one of these elite events yet coming down the down the pipe we've got seven seven more tournaments left this season and going to some places that i i really love to fish and i'm excited well you know you've you've got to uh, win next year the, the 2024 classic and make it back to back it seems to be happening more often you had the uh uh yeah jordan lee won back to back hank cherry yeah. won hank cherry won back to back well, you're, you're way to hell better fisherman than Jordan Lee or Hank Cherry. So, I mean, you have got <laughs> to win that sucker one. Yeah, I don't know about that, but it'll, uh, that would be amazing to do it again. Like, it's just, yeah, once you do it once, like, I just would love to get to experience everything again. And, um, you know, that, that's, that's the, that'll be the goal moving forward for sure. It's a, it's a special tournament. Yes, it certainly is a special tournament. And, and I got a little emotional reading something. Uh, I, I, I love it. You know, you're, for, you're from Canada. There's a great northern influence. We had four Canadians fishing. Uh, three Wisconsin guys fishing in the Classic. Uh, one from Michigan. It, it's really a northern invasion. And one of the things that this means to me is the fact that we're exposing the world to some of our northern ways and means and our people. And uh, Jay Kumar's Bass Blaster, he had an interview about you with uh, the one and only Al Linder. And Al and his late brother Ron are very good friends of mine. And, and I just got emotional seeing Al Linder getting credit for some of your development as a fisherman. I think Al is the best multi-species angler from all time. And it's really nice to be able to see all these bass fans reading the opinions of a of a multi species guy and and getting some credit for helping you out. Yeah, no, for sure. Like uh, those guys have been very influential for me. They spent a lot of time up at Lake of the Woods where I live and Rainy Lake, and um, and you know, yeah, helped me a lot along the way. So um, I got a lot of nice messages from Al last weekend, and it meant you know meant a lot and. Uh, yeah, I, that was that was really nice that Kumar had kind of spoke to spoke to Al and 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 he was you know his comments about like more northern representation. Um, yeah, that like that's awesome because you ne we never used to see that see that the southern anglers used to dominate, especially when the tournaments were in the south and uh, and not only like for northern anglers, but like there's more. I think we've got four Japanese guys on the elite yes. series. We've got Carl from Australia. 
Um, and it's, it just shows you like if, 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 if you can dream it, you can get there. And, um, it's, it's pretty neat that, that, you know, we've got just people from all over the world competing at the highest level in bass fishing. Well, you know, U.S. bass is pushing to have bass fishing made, uh, into an Olympic sport. And when you see stuff like this and the worldwide participation, it can only help like that. And I think we're, I think fishing right now is as good as it gets, but I think that the participation is even going to get bigger as we get more exposure for the sport. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it just like if you were in Knoxville last weekend, it was, it would have blown your mind how many people were there and how much fun everyone was having and just the whole spectacle that, that Bassmaster creates with that event. And it's, it's kind of just a big celebration really of, of the sport and of, tournament fishing but uh but yeah i was just just proud to be there and it was it was a lot of fun were you amazed by the uh crowds they drew this year uh, record crowds and in every yeah. respect and uh i think that had to be a little little shocking to see how many people were there well like in the mornings especially on the last day but like every day in the morning for takeoff like i think they said there was like six or seven thousand people just at the takeoff in the morning and like you want to get you want to talk about getting fired up to go fishing like it was it was crazy and then if you're in the tournament i mean you never want to have to go to the expo if you don't make the sunday cut you're going to the expo and right um fortunately for me i didn't have to but I, like i just talking to people people and friends like they said it was insane just like how busy it was and and uh you know so yeah that's pretty cool and and yeah, there's just, there's a lot of people out there that, that love bass fishing and it's a fun sport. And, uh, so yeah, it's just, a, got, it was a great place to have the big party at. You got to talk, you got to talk about this, uh, moping, uh, a, a technique that you have close to perfected, uh, didn't invent it, yeah. but uh, certainly are, are, are utilizing it to an incredibly successful angle. What is moping? So it's kind of all about using a, a, you know, it was no secret. The bait that I used was a Z-Man uh, scented jerk, jerk shad. So it's just a four inch minnow imitating soft plastic. I'm putting it on a three eighth ounce jig head. And um, the mope, what we call moping is just kind of, it's sort of like ice fishing in your boat. I want to get on top of, of fish that I can see on my electronics and just kind of hold that minnow bait up above them, make them look up, make them come up and get it. And uh, it's very effective for smallmouths when they're kind of in deeper, colder water. Um, at around home, I mean, we use we do it all summer, fall. Catch a lot of walleyes, pike. I mean, everything everything eats minnows, so uh, it just is a, a pretty realistic, um, you know, imitator of that. And uh, it's yeah, it's 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 a technique that I I use all over the country and catch a lot of fish with and have a lot of confidence in. And, um, I think you're going to see more more anglers kind of add it to their arsenal moving forward, but uh, but it's something that I, you know, thankfully I've been able to kind of take advantage of it at at and at the Tennessee River for whatever reason, Teleco Lake, it uh, it's pretty deadly and it's it's really paid off for me there. And the color of that jerk shad that you're using is what? Uh, I mean, there's a number of shad pattern natural colors, but I was using smelt, so it's kind of just the you know, a pretty subtle pearl belly, gray back, just a natural looking looking minnow. And uh, in clear water, that's a, that's probably my favorite color, and it it works all over the country. And and what are what are you impaling that jerk shad on? It's a three eighth ounce smeltinator jig. So it's a jig that a friend of mine makes back home, and um, it works really good for that technique. It's got realistic eyes, a good collar on it, a good gamagatsu hook. And I've, you know, I've used it for over 10 years and, and just, you know, caught thousands of fish on those jigs. And how are you hooking them? Just threading it on and then a dab of super glue. That's one thing if you, anybody uses the Elastec plastics, the stretchy plastic that Z-Man makes, it's so good for a lot of, a lot of the baits are really good for smallmouths and walleyes. And, um, but the one, the most important thing is you always want to use a little dab of super glue to hold it onto the jig and keep it from getting pulled down. And um, you, if you put a dab of super glue on to hold the bait onto the jig, I mean, you could catch 
50 or 100 fish on one bait and unless it gets bit off or you lose it on a snag um, it'll last you a long time oh that's great that is absolutely great and, and what kind of depth of water are we talking about using this in i was i was catching them pretty deep like 22 to 35 feet man and how far down Any of the other f- anglers fish deeper than like 10 feet so it was kind of funny the way that worked too how far down are you running that bait um it it depended most of the fish kind of came off the bottom but once you got them fired up or you caught a couple and they you know they they'd sort of show up all over in the water column so i was just constantly watching my electronics to see where they were but but generally i was if if before i got fish fired up i'm holding the bait four or five feet above the bottom and they can see it a lot better than you think down there and um you know it's but the the whole key to the program is just keeping that bait above the fish and make them make them swim for it make them work for it a little bit and that seems to help them help trigger them to bite a, a number of years ago i heard ron linder give a uh, seminar and he was talking about fishing i would say similar to what you're you're doing but he was talking about fishing in say 30 feet of water but only dropping the bait down halfway and yeah. wa- watching them on the electronics, they would easily come up from 30 to 15 feet to take that bait. Uh, yeah. Have you done that at all? Put the bait that high? Absolutely. And it, 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 it seems like in clear water, the clearer the water, the farther they can see it and the farther they'll come. Um, Smallmouths are inquisitive, too. So the other thing that happens sometimes, even, even when you're in 30 feet of water, it's not that far to the bottom. And a lot of times they'll actually come up and check out the boat and so you're just you got to constantly keep your eyes on your screens and and they'll show you if there's fish under the boat but but yeah we uh that when they it seems like the higher if they get up really high like that that those are the ones that are often big and you know aggressive and just they're looking for something to eat so you get a bait down there quick and and usually they'll be all over it fantastic that is a, a great explanation and uh you know, a lot of times uh, uh, the, the pros are out there doing this. They're, they're winning tournaments. They're weighing in big bags and telling you how they do it. And then people go out and they just fish the same way they always did. We're, we're not flexible <laughs> enough to try these new things sometimes. And I think you got to do stuff like listen to Jeff Gustafson, talk about how he won the Classic, talk about a technique you never tried before, and you got to go out and try this for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's the, you know, when I go fun fishing, I very seldom go to places where I can catch fish, where I know I can catch them. And I'm, you know, constantly looking for new, new places, new, new ways to catch fish. And that's how you learn and get better. Just, you know, uh, it's fine to go, you know, for a quick evening and, and go, you know, pull up to the places that you know are good. But if you're, you know, the more that you can try different things, you learn and that's how you get better. Absolutely fantastic. Hey, Jeff, Jeff Gustafson, I really appreciate your being with us today. I know what it's like to give up valuable time when you're totally inundated with calls and filmings and tapings. And uh, this, meant a lot, this meant a lot to me that you took time out of your day to be with us. Jeff Gustafson, Bassmaster Classic winner, 2023. This guy is good made the country of Canada proud, made the northern United States proud. Hell, this guy made everybody who fishes for bass proud. He is truly something special. Jeff, thanks for being with us. Good luck this season, and hopefully we'll talk again soon. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Take care. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Mr. Jeff Gustafson. That wraps up this week's edition of the We Fish ASA podcast, the best art fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. I'd like to thank today's guests, Derek Hudnall from St. Croix. Appreciate his appearance. Susan Duke, author, children's books, Tackle Box Troubles, Fishtail Number 1, featuring Sammy Spinner. Good luck with your book. I think it's great, Susan Duke. We'll talk to you again sometime. And then here's somebody else I hope to talk to again and again and again. One of the nicest guys in the world. True, a true gentleman, a great educator, a great representative for his sponsors but man oh man can this guy fish he just won the Bassmaster Classic unbelievable Jeff Gustafson thank you for being with us today I'd like to thank our sponsors St. Croix the best rods on earth Calcutta makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion and Daiwa 
we've got your bass covered. We sure do. Diowa Reels. Don't forget that we've got a new episode of our one-hour We Fish ASA podcast each and every week. It's available wherever you get your podcast. Write to us on our website. Check us out. WeFishASA.com. Let us know if you like what you hear. Let us know if there's something you'd like to hear us talk about or somebody we ought to have on the show. We'd appreciate your input. I'm Steve Sarley. My partner is Dave Kranz. We'll see you next week now. Let's go fishing! I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it.